everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. And today we're covering Only Lovers Left Alive with our friends from Bloody Broads. Yay! Thank you for being here, especially because your stuff started today. Oh, happy birthday! Yes. (laughs) Thank you. you. Turns turns like a baby new year from that old claymation Christmas movie where he's like, happy birthday! <laughs> but yeah, this continues our month of with a little help from our friends, where we're having podcasts who we love on on purpose, as opposed to just spread throughout the season. We're focusing specifically to make sure you're all in a cluster. <laughs> Math. <laughs> but first, before we get into the movie, we're going to get a little intro into Jamie and Bavna, since this is our first time on the pod. Well, Jamie's been on special episodes. But this is the first time on a real, live, full-fledged, fully developed episode. So we're going to start with you, Jamie. <laughs> so number one, we start with this with everyone. What is your favorite scary movie? Uh, that would be the classic that this question comes from, Scream. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so are, are slashers your favorite subgenre? A hundred percent. I never shut up about them, so... Good luck same, if anyone same. ever wants to talk about someone else or something else. <laughs> I love a good slasher. So uh, now tell us, what's your horror origin story? What got you into all this crazy mess? So I've told different variations of this, but I'll keep this one like super short because I want Bobna to share hers as well. <laughs> My parents were incredibly strict growing up and I've just always liked creepy things as a child. I don't know if you guys remember those uh, I Spy books that you could get at like the book fair. Yeah. So there's one that's like a haunted house and I was obsessed with it. And my mom was like, you're four. Why do you know what this is? Like, what what is wrong with you? But I would, I had insomnia as a kid. And so I would stay up and like, you know, on channels like AMC and like sci-fi, all those channels growing up and like, you know, mid to late nineties, early two thousands, I would just like watch those movies and either even like Turner classic movies. I'm pretty sure the first horror movie I ever saw, I know it was, it was the original night of the living dead. And so, yeah, I was really, really young when I saw that. (laughs) And I've just always liked creepy stuff. Halloween's always been my favorite holiday. I love Goosebumps. I love Fear Street books. I love every sort of thing that goes bump in the night. And yeah, I just, this is what you get when you have strict parents and insomnia. You get a very curious (laughs) kid. (laughs) So parents out there, beware. (laughs) My mom was probably listening to this going, Oh, God, I got to pray for her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's switch over now to Bhavna. Same question. What's your favorite scary movie? Okay. This is like choosing a favorite child if I had children. Um, It's like Sophie's Choice, really. Let's be real. (laughs) I know. Actually, I'm going to go with one that's not necessarily my favorite, favorite of all time, but it is something I come back to a lot because it's the best opening ever I've ever seen in a horror movie, and that's Ghost Ship. That opening is... Awesome. I, yeah. The rest of the movie, we'll talk about. But like- uh, the rest of the movie, look, I I had a crush on Desmond Harrington. I am a child <laughs> of the 90s. Come on. It was a thing, you know. Uh, it, it is. 
just just that opening though that opening, that opening just oh the look on um oh what's her name juliana margulies no 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 the emily browning just the look on her face like when everybody else gets oh sorry spoilers guys if you haven't seen ghost ship from like 20 years ago when she gets like <laughs> When she survives the line going through everybody and then like the person, the captain that she was dancing with, it goes right through his face. So he's got this like sinister smile on his face as he's being like <laughs> clotheslined yes. by the, oh, That's so it. great. I gotta, I gotta try this movie again because I haven't seen it since I was a kid and you're like the third podcast. That's like ghost <laughs> shit though. And I'm like, is it, is it time? Drink opening, something, smoke yes. something, do something <laughs> and then watch it. It's fun. It's camp. It's ridiculously late 90s early 2000s yes yes in. i'm in and juliana margulies we all love her it's great yeah juliana margulies um desmond harrington like i said um, oh god there were a wide am i forgetting his name but somebody else that was like really huge at the time too like it's like the who's who of early 2000s love it. so are ghosts your favorite subgenre paranormal stuff actually it's like a mix between it's either paranormal stuff or like haunted house Okay. Like haunted yeah. house stuff. Like give me like Insidious. Give me Ooh, House yes. on Haunted Hill. Give me, yes. you know, Grave Encounters. Give mm-hmm. me all that stuff. Uh, and I'm love a happy it. camper. Good to love know. It, it. <laughs> so what is your horror origin story? Those two words like go together. I don't the origin? <laughs> the origin. What's your origin? What's your That's origin? a different <laughs> podcast. That's a completely different <laughs> different subgenre. Right. <laughs> Sure, you can find that for free on certain sites. Um, (laughs) Next um, time, my OnlyFans. (laughs) That ain't for free, though. Hold up. No. (laughs) You got to pay to play on that one. Um, uh, I kind of the same as Jamie, but that was when I was like super young. I accidentally watched The Shining when I was four, but not the whole thing. But that didn't, but that counts. It doesn't count, but my actual like, like it was a slow slide into horror. Like I started with mystery. Like my uh, like a family member gave me a copy of Nancy Drew, and she was like, "Start here." And I progressed to those books like you know so fast. And then I moved on to you know your usual Goosebumps, and then Christopher Pike went through a bit of a Poe phase. Like it was all the free books I could get from my my library or like classroom and stuff. Like you know the kid appropriate stuff. But Christopher Pike, you just felt so naughty reading that at like 10 you know like ooh, these ooh. teenagers having makeout parties and then they die cheerleaders <laughs> cheerleaders oh my god reincarnation what uh, <laughs> i'm literally still in my crystal pie collection now because i can't part with it and so this is really cracking me up because i'm just like looking at that above like the fear streets because clearly chris was better yes um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and steven's in the living room because we're not talking right now Oh, um, <laughs> just after his birthday too. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of him on the on the Patreon, so he knows what he We talked about that. Our first episode is about The Shining, and we yeah, we got a lot of feelings. We get it. We get it. Yeah, yeah Uncle seems interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now I woke up today and it's like it's Bloody Proud's Day because my phone had to tell me what day it was because otherwise I don't know what year we're in. And so, Fair. like, I was like listening to it and like messaging Jamie, and Jamie's like, "Okay, <laughs> it is like five in the morning. Thank you." <laughs> I was awake. Full disclosure, I was awake and like in the gym, and I was like, "Oh, this is so nice," but also I'm dying right now. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
So you went from mystery into like the horror, and then that through through literature. Yeah, then I just ran right through it, got to like Stephen King at an inappropriate age again, but book wise <laughs> this time, and uh, yeah, I haven't looked back. Awesome. We've had similar oh. journeys. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about your show, Bloody Broads. First episode out today, so when this airs, you'll probably be more into it than we are right now. But tell us about tell us about your show, so the listeners can know what you're getting into well one day i tweeted actually i tweeted a lot over the past couple months i was like i have a lot of feelings about how the shining is an allegory for familial trauma and like alcohol is really can haunt a family addiction as a ghost of the family and i also love haunting of hill house which has very similar themes and obviously mike flanagan's kind of like the go-to stephen king guy of this generation to do his adaptations and I tweeted about it. I was like, I just have a lot of feelings. I need someone to bring me on their podcast to talk about it. And a couple of weeks later, Bhavna DM'd me and was like, what if we just did it ourselves? Like, what if what if we just made our own? And I said, oh, yeah, that's a thing that we can do. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the best podcasts start. <laughs> truly, truly. Drunk yeah. and zooms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I mean, we're going to be, we're, we're going to just going to be deep diving. We're not pigeonholing ourselves to like just movies or just books because, you know, some some podcasts out there like to be very specific, like they're just adaptation only or mm-hmm. something like that. And we're like, you know what? Why limit ourselves? We'll probably cover comic books at some point because I know I want to cover things like uh, Nailbiter and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So even music. Like one day, one day, the, the, this is live. We're doing this. I'm just bringing this up now. We should do that 30 seconds to Mars video for the kill. Oh, 100%. We're going to cover that. And then we should cover Ghost the Band. Yes. Um, yeah. We're going to get but, super into yeah. every everything. Yeah. Yeah. Love just, it. you Love guys it. just have to deal with us passing our one brain cell back and forth. Like, a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, told, I told Sheree about this right before we, we started recording. Bob and I have a running joke that we share one single brain cell that we pass back and forth. Like how when you were a kid and you had this the stick and you could talk if you had the stick in the circle, but we just share the brain cell back and forth. Um, but yeah, we are, <laughs> we're at Bloody Broads Pod on everything, Instagram, Twitter, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So we would love to hear from you guys. We're on Anchor, all that good stuff. Yeah. Check us awesome. out, please. Yes, do it. It's a bloody good time. Bloody good time. (laughs) I had to pull away from the mic. (laughs) I always have to be the one to make the obvious joke first, so everybody has to step it up. (laughs) Set the bar. Oh no, I gotta use my brain today. No one told me to use my brain. No, I call dibs in the brain cell first, Bobna. All right, fine. You can go first. Well, let's get into Only Lovers Left Alive. I'm sure we have a lot to discuss. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have a lot of feelings. So I'll admit this right up front. I was definitely one of those Tumblr girls in 2012, 2013. that was like, <laughs> reblog, reblog, reblog. Like, I, this movie <laughs> is extremely my shit. I love Jim Jarmusch. I love his style. And I actually wanted to use one of your notes, Sheree, first, because you and I text each other this while we were rewatching it. <laughs> Who? <laughs> These wigs. 
Apparently, <laughs> to be a vampire, you have to have really shitty hair. Right? Right? I was is it like, because they're 900 years old? Like, what is that? I mean, like, Tilda could kind of pull it off. Kind of, because she's an alien, but... <laughs> Even she was struggling, because the she wig, was. you know, the, the wig was like, some of me wants to be locks, some of me wants to just be... I thought it was that thing. Some of me like, wants that... to do other things. And then, like, poor Tom Hiddleston is like, I'm hot, but I'm not this hot. And I'm just like, buddy... Buddy, <laughs> he had he had but he like, was hot. And, yeah, yes. he was so hot. Oh my god, what he had the mullet. <laughs> yeah, he had like, oh. the emo mullet. He had like the bangs that go across your right eye, and then like a shag <laughs> cut that was like matted. Like it just reminded me of growing up. I would go to hardcore shows, and like I was, you know, I was a an emo queen. Um, and I. <laughs> I would wake up the next morning from like having like teased my hair and I had like, you know, the Haley Williams haircut. That's what my hair would look like when I woke up the next morning if I didn't wash it after the show. And I just, but it was definitely popular on Tumblr. Like people would reblog gift sets and like it was such a romantic movie. And I mean, really what's, what's the most relatable part of this movie? And I guess I'll, I'll try to focus at this part to start us off with. We realized right from the jump that A, Tom Hiddleston's character and Tilda Swinton's character. I don't know why I was trying to say Eve is the character's name, but Tilda's portraying her. They live on separate continents. And I just wrote down true couple goals. (laughs) 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 They live on separate continents and just call each other. Like she literally essentially drunk dials him at the beginning of the movie. Like when I saw that, I was like, that is relationship goals. That's all I ever wanted was to be alone. (laughs) <laughs> and wealthy <laughs> he, with so, a better wig but still right yes. so they're on separate continents and she like drinks some of this fresh you know blood and it's very not even sexual it's sensual like her eyes roll back in her head and like they do that throughout the movie where essentially they're like having this very sensual sexual reaction to drinking the blood and then she's like drunk from that and calls Tom Hiddleston <laughs> she's literally like you up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was actually kind of one of my issues with the movie, though. Like, because that scene happens, twenty mm-hmm. I checked, 25 minutes into the movie. And so oh I was already like, what is what is the point? <laughs> and so the, I needed that point of attack a little earlier. And then you can mm-hmm. add all that ambiance and, and adding all the other characters. Because I didn't get the relationship between, I mean, I knew because I knew what the movie was about. But like, going in without knowing that, I was like, I need that point of attack much earlier than what it was given to me. Because I always go in cold. I was like, when are these two going to meet? It's called Only Lovers Left Alive. Shouldn't they be lovers? Um, and so when she calls, I'm like, oh, I played myself. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. I want to see these two very hot people be lovers. Continue. Exactly. <laughs> I paid for this title and I need it. <laughs> I, I do want to go back to what you were saying, Jamie, about it being more of a sensual movie. Because mm-hmm. again, you have these two hot people who one of my notes was this was definitely made for the Tumblr crowd. <laughs> I'm happy you owned it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we have these two hot people wandering around. And like, even though like they're very into each other, it doesn't ever feel like we're like, ooh, this is sexy. It's like, oh, this is 
this is sensual. That's the word I would put it. <laughs> like it's very much like art. It's very much like they're naked, but I'm not like I'm into this. Hello. It's like, oh, I'm thinking about things and they're very adorable together, like kittens. And yeah, like, I, like that <laughs> scene where they are they are both naked and they're kind of like not intertwined, but intertwined. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't feel like I should be looking at it, but it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a painting. Uh, it's a painting of a game of Tilda trying to win I'm Not Touching You. As yeah. <laughs> and Reason My World. And, <laughs> and Tom Hiddleston's extremely long legs. Yeah. <laughs> One Tom they're... Hiddleston leg is longer than my entire life. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm over my apartment building. And I always appreciate a sexy Tom Hiddleston. I'm sorry, you know? I mean, who doesn't? Right. If you don't, I have questions for you. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I mean, like, Sheree and I talk about this all the time. Sorry, Shrey, our notes were the exact same for this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop neuralinking me. I know. <laughs> stop neuralinking me. Um, so, yes, it runs a little long, but because the movie is sensual, it's that's like Jim Jarmusch in a nutshell. Like his, it's very languid is the term that I used. It's because they've been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. What's two years to them? That's like a week, you know? So... Yes, it's a little long, and Shrey and I both agree the perfect length for a movie is 90 minutes. <laughs> listen, listen. If it's over 90 minutes, it better be the best thing I'm ever going to see. And if it's not the best I'm ever going to see, I need to see you outside immediately. Look. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not malignant. <laughs> Fair. I'll go, for, I'll go for malignant, yes. I'll let that happen this year, but nobody else gets to do it this year. They got the pass. That's the <laughs> one. You only get right. one. Everybody else needs to apply next year, and we'll give out permits accordingly. I think my thing with this one is the difference between Malignant and this one mm-hmm. is Only Lovers Left Alive, which is a difficult title to say. It felt long. Malignant never felt long to me. This There were times I was like, okay, why am I staring at this one shot? For It's beautiful. I, I, the aesthetic mm-hmm. of this film is beautiful, uh, especially the differences between... Til- where Tilda's character started and where Tom Hiddleston's character started and his whole like retro vibe was super cool, beautiful. It just, I wanted more, I wanted to push the plot forward a little more. Yeah, and that kind of ties into one of my lines, which was like, one of my points, which is uh, like suicidal vampires. Like he, it like it is long, it is languid, but you also kind of get that feel of like, you feel his boredom through mm-hmm. that like you feel his like apathy towards the quote-unquote zombies uh, is i guess what he calls humans you do kind of feel that through that there and i mean also the most relatable vampire trope to be honest like come on bored with your life or you know fed up with you know things like that and like just preparing for your inevitable demise really kind of weird like uh relation but it kind of reminded me of the scene from the movie hook like, have you seen Hook? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, yes. Where Hook is trying to, like, you know, dramatically kill himself. He's like, you know, don't try and stop me, Smee. I'm going to do it, Smee. And then he's just like, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what it is, too? It's, it's the scene in Richard III when he's, like, the opening scene or the second scene of the whole play where he's trying to woo Lady Anne. She's, like, at the coffin of her father-in-law. And he's like but I love you and I didn't kill him. It was a crime of passion. And he goes, he hands her his sword and he's like, if you, he's like, if you won't marry me, just kill me. And I'm just like, 
can we turn this down so <laughs> no one asked for this and i think yeah. and tom hiddleston is very prolific in the yes. shakespeare you know canon and community and, and acting world in general i mean he's done so many adaptations both on film and stage and the running joke in this movie one of my favorite lines is that christopher marlowe <laughs> Says, you know, I wish I had met him before I wrote Hamlet. What a perfect role model, role model. he could have been. Yeah, Bob yeah. and I both loved that line. Yeah, it <laughs> stuck out so like majorly for me because I was just like, oh, okay, is that like a little inside dig? Like, you know, because of his, you know, how prolific he is in the Shakespeare community and stuff like that. But also, just what an emo bastard. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I lived for so many of his lines, and I, I do kind of wonder if Bored Vampire is my aesthetic, even before the pandemic, but especially during the pandemic, where we seem to have endless hours <laughs> just sitting around in front of Netflix. I also just, I really loved his delivery of everything. Like when Tilda's character, Eve, is like, she's going to be famous, and he's like, oh no, she's too good for that. And I'm just like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who are you, Adam? <laughs> And can we be friends? <laughs> right? right? All I can think of is uh, the now very famous, you know, gay best friend interrupts Romeo and Juliet. So we kill ourselves? Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the response to all this. There's so many good shots of him laying around and, and just doing these little quips. And another thing he says is the Ian played by Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. I know. Everybody just went, oh, like, he's we one all of my notes Whenever I see him, because he did so much genre on the way out, and so he's everywhere, even if I don't know he's there. And so I'm never prepared. I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> just yeah, let, such oh. an amazing actor. I mean, oh, my God. So when Ian is bringing him these beautiful guitars, he's got this, his character, Adam, has this human friend that he calls, you know, he calls human zombies brings him these like beautiful collector guitars and we never find out how Ian gets these which I was like drugs question mark <laughs> <laughs> or what how like what he does he seems to be like a music fixer or something like a yeah. fixer in the industry yeah and so so Ian mentions some musician and he's like oh he played this guitar and Adam almost slips up and he says yeah, I remember seeing him. And Ian's like, oh, what? Like on YouTube? And the way that Adam says this <laughs> takes me out. He goes, yeah, YouTube. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, if, oh, God. <laughs> what, the two of them are in one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Um, it's the one where Ava drinks Ian. And then Eve walks in and her reaction is funny and you're laughing through it. And then Adam walks in and he's like, does she drink Ian? <laughs> it's like, what is this world? And then kind of y'all, she's just laying there like, oh, that's not going. And they're having this soap opera. And you're like, oh, no. One of, one of you know, if we're going to talk about lines that like, of Adam's that are great, like one of the ones that like, kills me haha pun intended um is uh when he was talking to eve on the on the phone like the his weird version of facetime um and you know she's just like oh how's it going blah 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 and he's just like i've been writing a lot of funeral music and i'm like <laughs> i i can't it just every time it cracks me the fuck up but <laughs> To be honest, Eve's, the way Eve handled that phone call, though, I feel like is a really 
like it, it could almost be like a PSA on how to like handle somebody reaching out to you if they're in that kind of headspace just to make it a little sorry for a little serious note amongst all the laughs but I was thinking about it a lot during this last rewatch and I'm like that's actually like like I know that if I was hurting or I was kind of doing the subtle not so subtle reach out that Adam's clearly doing in that phone call like I would definitely appreciate someone like Eve being like yeah I'm coming like when's the next flight like I'm out. Like I'm coming. You're clearly hurting. Like I, even though, and the thing I really liked about that, sorry, I'm all over the place. Brain cell going. Um, <laughs> you're right now. Yeah. Ponding, Thank you. We're ponding the brain cell back and forth right now. We are. You can kind of see it on the video. Um, <laughs> woo. But the way Eve even like tried to downplay it at first, you know, the whole, oh, we've been here before. Like, what was this like? Like, how many ever hundreds of years ago? Come on. Like, it's not that serious. And then as soon as he keeps talking and she kind of gauges like, oh, fuck, this is serious. And then she's, you know, how quickly she just is like, all right, I'm coming. We're fixing this. Like, you're my husband, allegedly. We're not. um, (laughs) I'm not letting you go. Allegedly. Allegedly. The other thing, too, like, when he asks Ian, because Ian's like, can I get you literally anything else? Because Adam has written all this amazing music and like he's releasing it anonymously because he doesn't want to be famous, obviously, because then his cover is blown. It's the flip side of that, right, Bhavna? Like there's a, there's the reaction of I'm going to drop everything and come pick you up. And then there's like the toxic positivity reaction because Ian yeah. is like, yeah, man, whatever you want, I can get that for you. And he literally gets him a bullet mm-hmm. made of wood coated in silver. And Ian is like what is this for? And Adam goes, an art project. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, that whole exchange, that whole situation made me think of other celebrities who have so much access to excess (laughs) and the people who give them things without asking questions or reaching out. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody had asked a certain artist, like, why do you need another bottle of bourbon when you're already fucked up? Some of them will still be with us. <laughs> if they'd asked why you need this other hit, some actors will still be with us. And so that's what that kind of reminded me of, but it was Babyface Anton Yelchin, and it was kind of funny. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had two thoughts working in my brain. I couldn't formulate. <laughs> I mean, a- side note, Access to Excess is a great, like, new mm-hmm. reality TV show or, like, TMZ-style thing. That oh, would God. be a great <laughs> whole extra thing, Access to Excess. Ooh, yeah. that. it's like the reverse of celebrity rehab oh god yeah, Which, yeah. i'm sorry that got really dark you guys. <laughs> i mean we were talking about suicidal vampires it was gonna get dark at some point i mean this yeah. movie is pretty dark yeah for the most part i mean it's a dark comedy kind of in a sense but yeah. It, it is definitely a genre bender because mm-hmm. I, I from the title and from the cast, I was like, it's probably going to be a horror romance. I don't do those. So it's fine to see one and give it to the people because a lot of them do the romance. Um, but then I was like, but it's funny, but it's dark, but it's sad. And so I like that. I, one of the things I do like about the movie is that it was not afraid to be like, I'm going to play with all the emotions. Mm-hmm. I feel like oftentimes movies don't um, unless you leave the country. Because <laughs> um, like over we're like the orphanage and like Tiger's not afraid, you can have all these multitudes. But like when we get boxed in America, it's very much, this is a comedy, so we're only going to laugh. Which is why people are upset with Ted Lasso right now. Because they're like, what do you mean? You can't keep it fake and shiny forever. <laughs> and they're like, no. Therapy is good. Therapy is great. Yes, therapy for all. 
Yes. Yes. And you get a therapy and you get a therapy. Everybody <laughs> gets a wait, therapy. Wait, wait. wait, the rest of us live in America, Bob. No, we don't have the Canadian healthcare. <laughs> well, okay. Like let me let me yeah. shatter some dreams here for a moment. Therapy is not covered. So well, yeah, you have to have the benefits on the drug thing mm. for it to be covered. Um, psychiatry is covered to a point. And but you might have to go to like the mental health like hospital for that. Yeah. So no, it's not it's not cheap. Some of so it it can be covered by healthcare, but it depends on the situation and it's only up to like a certain point. So it's not like I'm like, oh no, uh it's it's basically like if you really, really need it or you have really good a really good plan through your work. Sorry. So I mean, talk about bursting our shiny bubbles, right? <laughs> right? No, I can't just go to Canada like I thought. I gotta have a new plan now. Damn it. Oh. Uh, I mean, I mean, your health is still covered. So I mean, if I knocking on all the wood here, you can hear. Um, if I got struck by a bus the next day, my drugs are covered. My hospital stays covered. If I wanted to have a baby for some reason, I could go have a baby <laughs> and not pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would pay zero dollars. Um, to have said baby in a hospital. Um, the only thing I'd have to pay for is my drugs afterwards. And even then I've got good 80% coverage through my work. So still well, a bubble, just not completely. Yeah. Burst. Yeah. I mean, it's just halfway burst. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly explains why, even though Detroit is on the border with Canada, Adam was going to these sketchy uh, phlebotomists <laughs> to get his blood. Right. Giving them the most ridiculous names. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I wanted to get to these names, like Dr. Faust. Yeah. Like, I, I found out early on in this movie, this is a Marlowe movie. Like, they are not yeah, having yeah. the Shakespeare bullshit. And that's one of the, the other things I do appreciate because I do mm -hmm. not like Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> I do fuck with Christopher Marlowe because anybody who supposedly is stabbed in the head to end his career, that's a story. And that's who we should be following. And he gave us Dr. Faustus. So, like, yeah. what is Shakespeare mm -hmm. for? For mm -hmm. yeah. And then the Dr. Watson. And then I think my favorite was when Jeffrey Wright, who, Jeffrey Wright, what up? Uh, was like, okay, Dr. Strangelove. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, there were, I, can't. I, I did think it was really fun, all the literary kind of call outs with, of course, Marlowe was kind of like the easiest one, but yeah. Dr. Faust, even naming the two lead characters, Eve and Adam, mm -hmm. is an interesting call to some uh, literature. And then, like, yeah, it was just a really fun kind of add-on to be like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. No, it was so great. We, like, it was a good, like, subtle, like, woo. Do we think that he, I think he was actually Christopher Marlowe. Like, I oh, thought that was the whole, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, it was also following the whole Christopher Marlowe was actually Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, when they show him in bed as he's like finally starting to die. I know I'm jumping like way to the end of the movie. When he's starting to like finally die and his mentor is there with him, who I wasn't really clear if the mentor knew he was a vampire or not. I wasn't sure. Um, but he they, you know, Adam and Eve have traveled all this way across the country, and there's a whole montage of of them. It's basically showing how they get the work around. They use all these fake passports to fly and like they only fly at night and they sleep, you know, on the plane during the day and have the sunglasses on. Anyways, they get there and, and he's passing away and it's because he drank the blood from someone that had some kind of sickness. I've already forgotten. Did they specify? Yeah, I, I think they just meant like modern blood in general was polluted because of all the pollution in the air and stuff like that. And like what people are doing to themselves is way more, is way worse than what it was back in the day. So and they I need wanna, like quote unquote pure blood. 
Yeah, I want to loop back around to that because that hits different in 2021 than it did <laughs> pre-COVID. So he's drank this modern blood. It's made him ill. And he has all these papers and these books up on his wall and his, his shelf and everything. And there's so many good little Easter eggs for history nerds. I was like, yes. oh, I get that. Like, <laughs> I see what we're doing and I like it. Yes. No, just the whole idea of him actually being Marlowe in general, too, is just it's it's amazing and it's one of those like hmm if you know you know like it i like that he that jarmish uh, in general just doesn't have to explain any of his stuff which i like i like that he treats that as uh, he treats his audience as someone that has brain cells more than one to pass around um <laughs> and, uh, but it's almost like it's like uh, if you can count this as a subgenre of film in general my favorite kind is the if you know you know like something that passes that like, okay, fine. One of you will get this like nice little nugget that I've stuck in there, but it still passes for everybody else to still be funny or still be, right. you know, it, it's not nonsensical, but if you know, you know. Right. Yes. At the top, I had this weird moment because like, okay, so one, it, I, once I got used to it, I loved the aesthetic and how they kind of played with the old and the new and then everything kind of mixing together. And he was like FaceTiming on a, old 70s television and then she had like an iphone but she was surrounded by like traditional where was she moroccan where was she at the morocco, beginning? morocco. Oh. uh so she was surrounded by traditional like moroccan kind of with bed with like the lace and all the the circle bed and like but at first i was like so but wait when are they because i'm so confused and so it did take me a good 10 minutes to be like okay just just take it as it is because i was like because like yeah, that YouTube line you mentioned earlier, it was just like YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I think part of that is like he Adam is so anti technology, obviously, because like you said, and that was in my notes as well. He rigs up this proto FaceTime. There's like a TV <laughs> and like a little aux tuner, and I'm like, what? Just get a get a phone, Jesus. <laughs> um, I can't. And then um, there's like that generator he had. Oh yeah, I forgot. And he's about like, that. oh, like, oh, could you go down and his entire circuit breaker or whatever is all broken? And he's just like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, hook up right here. And he just opens up this old school like crank, like his own, his own generator down there. And I'm just like, how the fuck? You don't make it make sense. He well, felt like and- a boomer, and Eve was kind of the millennial who puts in the fridge and uses the internet for him. Yes. Uh, oh my God, yes. And I, I love that about Eve because she's so, well, throughout the movie, Adam wears all black and he's got black hair and he wears all black and, you know, traditional, very, what, very stereotypical. Like when you think of Detroit rock and roll, like that's who you think of. And then Eve has Mm -hmm. white hair. She's very pale. She wears a white leather jacket. They all wear gloves and hers are white leather. So it was very obvious the yin and yang symbolism. Yeah. And then Um, especially with that naked scene. Like that yeah. was that was the imagery I got through on there. Yeah, and and something else about Eve that I just love. So Adam is not playful at all. He's very stern and very. What, he's so monotone. <laughs> it kills me. <laughs> um, yeah, YouTube. Daria um, with Eternal Life. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Love it. Let's. I want that. It's, yeah. Spinoff. It's if Daria was a vampire. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Next but time on Six Dad World. Yes. Oh, my God. But Eve is the opposite. She's so happy and, like, she's so, like, do you understand as 
because we're all millennials. Eve was so funny to me because I'm like, oh my God, I'm 29 and I'm have moments where I'm jaded. She's like 529 and she's like, well, isn't it great to be alive? And I, I just think that that's so indicative of our, of our generation. Like there's so many moments in this movie where I'm like, yeah, I get it. When Adam talks. <laughs> I was very much the Adam. I was like, I yeah. too would be tired of this world. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it past 50. <laughs> so it'd be eternal with no end in sight. I was like, oh God. <laughs> it's like when they're when they're at the club. And and so Ava, who's played by Mio, I always screw up her last name. Wasikowska? Wasikowska. Oh, got it. She, so Eva is... is Sorry, Ava is Eve's little sister and comes into their life kind of like two thirds to the movie and just really screws everything up, <laughs> blows, blows their cover, like seduces Ian and drinks him. And just this heartbreaking scene of her demolishing their living room and all of Adam's priceless guitars. That, that killed broke my heart. me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all those guitars like you don't even need to be like I'm not someone that like can name guitars or whatever but like I knew the value like even when you hear him talk about it in the beginning you're like oh my god and some of those were his like well the you know the main one that she broke was the one from they repeat it that it's from 1904 or 1905 mm -hmm. and so it's like the oldest one and he's really sentimental about it apparently something happened around that time for him who knows but she comes in and just I mean drinks their friend and and <laughs> trashes their house and finally eve's like you know i mean adam says get the fuck out of my house he verbatim <laughs> says that and i mean it just again i know bob and i bring this up a lot on bloody broads it never ceases to amaze me how much horror has addiction under tones like how as addiction is like a sub theme yeah yeah it's yeah. uh you think you can find a movie without it and you're like how bitch you thought <laughs> you thought you thought you tried it's like it's like that gif of bart simpson with the cake that says at least you tried walking to the trash oh my can God. that's it that's it but can you imagine living a life where you're like you know guys 1904 was a really bad year for me <laughs> That's how we sound to Gen Z, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, when I, we're like, remember, like, all the, when, we, when people were talking about, you know, obviously we just passed the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, yeah. and we were talking about, like, our memories and how, like, we were all in elementary school and da-da-da-da, or most of us were in elementary school, and they're teenagers, like, early 20-somethings even now, you know, like, 19 mm -hmm. and 20-year-olds who are like, yeah, I wasn't born yet, and I'm like... It's wild to me. It's wild. There it are babies... Wild. There are babies walking this planet with a beer in hand because they're legal who are thinking the reboot of something is the original that we grew up with. And I'm no. just like, this math don't math, and I don't like it. I there are people that. that don't remember the Britney Spears meltdown 2007. No, it's right. No, that's like no. the third time this has come up for me today. By the way, that melted. <laughs> You're in the right circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like our, I was actually talking about it with the person, the other Jamie who did our artwork for Bloody Broads. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Um, the ink witch. We were, yeah, the ink witch. We were doing um, 
we were talking about uh hair stuff and i was like don't worry we all we've all had our 2007 britney spears moment don't worry about it you know like we've all had it it's okay it happens uh super side note mine was that i went in to a hairdresser in about 2000 and i want to say 9 2010 and carrie mulligan had that really cute cropped shag and i Mm -hmm. thought i could pull it off because i was like you know what i need to cut my hair shorter needs more voluminous blah 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 hair science so i went in with a picture lady was like yeah sure i can do it for you hairdresser was like yeah sure let's do it and uh no <laughs> i ended up looking like ellen from the late 90s and i'm like that's not oh that's no not what i wanted <laughs> do you think that that's what happened to adam and eve they just like gave up on their hair <laughs> and then went to like the thrift store and found the first wig they could find and been like, that works, put it on me. Listen, first choice closes at nine. So. <laughs> and you know they're bougie, so they weren't going to pay $5 for a haircut. No. No. <laughs> no, I I just, I question, I question the wigs because like the rest of the look is so put together. And so if it's a commentary on, well, when you get to be 300, you don't give a shit what you look like. It's like, well, then... Shouldn't these clothes also be suffering? Because <laughs> it was just the wigs. That seemed personal. He doesn't need to wear clothes. Clothes are optional. He doesn't need to wear clothes. Marlo's wig was also pretty rough. <laughs> well, he's even older, I feel like. So I kind of understood. I was like, all right, you're an old he man. He really don't care. <laughs> he really doesn't. Like- you know what else? Speaking of they don't they don't care. Eve loves mess. And I love that for her. She <laughs> for the drama. <laughs> there are so many moments in this movie where she's like, and then what happened? <laughs> yes, like, like, really? like, please just what? fill me in. <laughs> and she, she at the beginning of the movie, we meet her and then Marlo first, and and they're talking, and uh, that's when he says the line about she's like, you know, I have to go to him because he's clearly suicidal, and she doesn't say suicidal, but she kind of glosses over it. Yeah. And Marlo says the the line that we all love about him being the first Hamlet, um, which just takes me right out every time I think about it. But she's like, she's like, what's the hot goss? What's the 411? Like she, they just talk about like Mm -hmm. him and her little sister and all kind of stuff. And then she encourages her little sister to go out with them with Ian to the club, which is obviously winds up with him dying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Eve Eve lives for the drama, which if I was 500 and something years old, I guess I would too, because I would probably be pretty bored. That's how she that's how she stays entertained. That's how she stays connected. Like that's how she's like, all right, I'll live for watching you guys fail. Like, is that her version of like an epic fail video? Like I feel like she was that Jack Nicholson gif from I think it's like about Schmidt, the like where he's nodding and smiling. He's yeah. nodding and smiling. Like I feel like that was just her the entire movie. Like, yes, good. Keep going. Drink his blood. Yep, yep, yep. Keep going. He's not dead yet. Well, and then once they kill him, we have another one of my favorite moments in the movie, which is they drive out. And this is a great commentary on, I think, how Detroit has kind of evolved into no longer a thriving, you know, metropolis in America. So they she's like, well, now she's like, we haven't done this in so long. And I was like, you haven't done this in so long. What about ever? (laughs) She's like, she does this whole, you know, soliloquy on, well, it's not like the old days where we could just leave a body somewhere. And I was like, ma'am, someone calls CSI, what's the, Volturi, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, 
like she so they put they get ian's body in the car and she like watch his head and i'm like he's dead like why do you care <laughs> and, and they drive out to this old factory and you know and, and obviously in detroit there's plenty of those yeah and they dump him in a acid bath which is very house on haunted hill yes <laughs> Yes. But they just dump him and he immediately dissolves. And that's the moment I feel like that's the true horror of this film. What makes it horror to me is again, it's very human. And as fantastical as the vampire elements are, like being able to just straight up dump your friend's body into some acid. Y'all. Yeah. Wait a I mean, minute. You mean he didn't just like come out from the from the tub like Harley Quinn? <laughs> As I'm wearing a Harley Quinn t-shirt. Yes. Birds of Prey, best picture. I just it was such a gross moment too, because they show him all dissolved. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, props to the special effects people. I am disgusted right now. <laughs> I mean, if they were going to get, like, one truly gruesome scene in, I'm glad it was that one. Because it's not the yeah. obvious one in a vampire movie. Because you you hear vampire, you're like, all right, blood, guts, yeah. you know, like, fainting ladies. But, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have, like, body disposed in acid on your bingo. No, it, it, was a, it was a very strong choice to not have the two vampire leads be the people who are drinking people. Their mm-hmm. friend drinks a person. We hear what they used to do in the past, but when they are about to bite someone, we end the movie. Um, <laughs> and Listen. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like, look, I just want to see Tom Hiddleston stick his fangs in someone's neck. Is that Listen. too much to fucking ask for? That's what I came here for. That's sexual. what I paid my money for. Right? You know why we're here. Right? You let me sit here for two hours and he didn't put his fangs in anybody? Anybody? (laughs) Nary a warm body, you guys. And I, but the, okay, but the blood we do get, the blood popsicles, because we all have this in our notes. It's so cute and gross. I know. You're like, oh, is that cherry? Oh, no. Oh, no. No point did I think it was cherry. Let me be very clear. It was at least strawberry, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Tilda doesn't fuck with fruit. What? No. No. But I, She's method. So, yeah, oh, God. Oh, the face I just made. I wish everybody else could have seen <laughs> I just did a full body, like, shudder, like, ugh. Um, but they, I think they do a good job of showing, like, to me, this movie answers a lot of questions, right? Like, how would a vampire theoretically operate in the modern world? They right. solve the traveling problem. They literally travel across the continent twice and then to a different country twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they dispose of a dead body. They hide themselves, which I love that Tom Hiddleston's way of hiding himself is to be an anonymous musician. Um, <laughs> Ian's like, why don't you just perform your own music? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm not about that. Which is, I'm not kidding, the line and the intonation that he says. Um, and we show. all know a musician like that. We all know somebody. I know we almost, all know somebody that's almost every man. musician I know is like that. I'm not yeah. a I don't want to well, be famous. Couldn't here's my thing. Couldn't he just wear a helmet like Daft Punk or Marshmallow? <laughs> like, oh my god! Can you imagine if Christopher Marlowe was Daft Punk <laughs> and it was Tom Hiddleston the whole time? That's why I'm sorry. Up. Christopher Marlowe is Daft Punk. <laughs> 
And it is Tom Hiddleston the whole time. I refuse to believe otherwise. They use France as their cover country. That's it. We've solved the mystery of Daft Punk. It was Marlo after all. <laughs> it was Marlo all along. <laughs> Remus. And he killed Sparky too. Oh, God. I will say though, I do, like you were saying, Jamie, I do enjoy vampire lore that does answer questions about how they would, like how would you... You know, as other than like completely separating yourself, which a lot of vampire current lore does, but like, how do you incorporate yourself into society? Like this film does that. True Blood kind of does that a little bit in a completely different way. But like, how? Yeah, how do you like come out as a vampire? <laughs> Mom, Dad, have a seat. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to outlive you. <laughs> By at least 100 years. Good news, you'll save on your grocery bills. <laughs> Bad news, we're going to need some acid. <laughs> oh God. I just, I love that too, Trent. I, yeah, I feel like Bava and I keep, we like almost keep saying the exact same thing. I genuinely enjoyed this movie a lot. It's definitely slow, as we've all said, but slow because it's supposed to be. And not all Jim Jarmusch movies are this way, but... I'm not surprised that this one is. And it. I just love that they're so human, even though they're not human. And I think at the end, we get the anti-hero moment of, all right, well, if we're going to keep living, then we've got to bite this young couple that we've stalked on their first date. I also think <laughs> Tilda Swinton might actually be a vampire. I've never 100%. Seen her. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> She's either or a vampire alien. or an alien or... Uh, uh, an ageless witch like from Suspiria. I don't know. She's Agreed. one of those three. But she's, she's all of those three. All of those. <laughs> she's every she's every monster. <laughs> it's all in it's her. All in her. <laughs> Anything you want done, baby? She'll do it naturally. <laughs> more, more, more. <laughs> okay. Well, like... <laughs> <laughs> right before they drink this young couple at the very end of the movie they look like that episode of Spongebob where he's like I don't need it when he's trying to drink water and Sandy Cheeks don't <laughs> sorry Chad just took a sip of his drink right before I said that he, he's like leaned against the wall and he's like Eve. he's like when Wally is dying at the, at the beginning of Wally Eve. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give us a list of all the connections we've made in this movie in this episode. So Ted yeah. Lasso, True Blood, Wally, Hook, Suspiria, Suspiria. Sheree knows this, and Bafna really knows this too. <laughs> My brain is literally just pop culture references at all times. <laughs> we will burst to... out into song in our podcast. By the way, be prepared. Oh, we that. do that too. Oh, so we do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Just because I can't sing doesn't mean I won't sing. <laughs> Our whole last theme from yeah. last month, we sang every episode, I think. Yeah. And I never found the rhythm because you know what I won't do? Learn. <laughs> Who has time to learn? Right. It's right. We're all just here. I'm a busy woman. <laughs> I figured it out or I haven't. <laughs> all right. Well, shall we get spicy with some hot takes? <laughs> me okay cool so like, uh, no, mine's please. gonna be a little bit of an extended hot take because i have a story from the premiere at oh yes 
All right. So the movie, I don't know. I don't think it premiered at TIFF, but it did have a premiere at TIFF and Tom Hiddleston was going. So you knew my ass was going to be there. Because, you know, vampires, Jim Jarmusch, Tom Hiddleston, this club's got everything right now. So I couldn't get tickets. I had to rush tickets. And the movie was at six. I got in line at 11 with my friend at the time. And I was like, I didn't come here to play. I came here to win. Because if anybody, anyone that's listening that knows me knows that me and the Toronto International Film Festival, like I've got a system. I've got it down. I get what I want. This is not RuPaul's best friend race. No. (laughs) I do not have to fight for my life. I I can get it all in the first take. We got there. We were in line whatnot and then the only people ahead of us were these girls in like rockabilly wear um and they had about three costume changes so like overhearing them we heard that they were from detroit so that's why they were there because they're like you know Mm -hmm. the film was filmed in detroit so they were like detroit proud you know all that stuff and but they like three changes throughout the day which is neither here nor there but i noted it because i'm like the fuck their hotel was just down the street then it gets to like, you know, red carpet starting to roll out. People are coming in and whatnot. And one of the girls had a, um, or women, I should say, had a uh, Loki figurine. So she was like, I'm going to go, now that we've got our tickets kind of secured, I'm going to go to the red carpet and see if I can get him to sign it. Because, you know, they do sign. They're very like, you know, it's of it's of the people's festival. So people, you know, if they, if they don't sign their assholes or if they don't go around their assholes. So that he went and he she couldn't get it signed. She comes back. Sorry, the story is told in three parts. This is the first part. So she comes back and uh, she's just like, oh, no, I couldn't get it, but I'll ask him inside. And so one of the girls that she was with was just like, not nah, like, don't like it's a, like, don't worry about it. Like, it's probably not going to happen, whatever. But we're here. We got tickets. It's all good. She goes, yeah, but he signed at Comic-Con. And I, th- I took a whole like six foot social distancing before social distancing step back because I was like, I do not want to be anywhere near these crazy people. And the um, one of, thankfully one of the girls she was with was like, this isn't like Comic-Con. This is not a crowd. Like this is a film festival. It's not even like it was Midnight Madness or something, you know, like it was like right. a 6 PM, like special presentation type of thing. And um so we go inside we get we like miss the introductions blah 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 but we knew tom was there tom being there is important see the film we went in a blind so it was a trip i was like i did not take a hit of anything i felt like i used to take a hit of something and <laughs> we're sitting there q a starts okay and somebody goes okay this question's for tom i'm so sorry jamie for the face you're about to make the so you know they go okay cool go ahead did it hurt when you fell from Asgard. No. Mm-hmm. I think I just died of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. first time Bhavna told me this story, I got up out of my chair on, we were on a Zoom. I got up out of my chair and walked out of my room to the office. <laughs> and then the officer closed the door and said no. No. <laughs> no. But my friends were not done. There no. is more. No. Go on. Go on. So do you need a breather? Do you need a second? Let's let let's hear what okay. they do next. I don't All right. I... <laughs> I love that you know it's them because it is them. So, <laughs> there's only one door to exit for like talent 
outside. Like there's like an exit for like there's egress for like audience members and there's like egress for the talent and it leads onto the main streets. Like literally you, there's no point in having a separate entrance because we all have to cross paths if we're catching the train anyway. So people were lined up by the door, like by the stanchions and whatnot. And the girls were there. I kind of stood up on top of like a little planter so I could get a picture because I didn't want a picture with him because I knew it was going to be chaos. I just wanted to get like a really nice picture, which I'll share with you guys after. I did get a really nice picture there. But the Rockabilly girls were standing there and they had this container in their hand and I'm going like, oh, fuck no. And Tom comes out. Mr. Hiddleston comes out. I don't know him like that. I would like to know him like that, but I don't know him like that. Comes out and... Oh, God, you got to give me just one sec to get the, the impression just right. <clears throat> Mr. Hiddleston, Mr. Hiddleston, please, please, Mr. Hiddleston. What was in that box but homemade poutine? Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody just leaned in towards their cameras on this no, I leave so far. I was in Toronto. I was like... <laughs> Welcome. Ray <laughs> turned into the grudge or, or the yeah. ring and just came through the computer screen. <laughs> I and I kid so you not, hard. he just kind of smiled at them and just went like, uh-huh, and like moved on. Because who in their right fucking mind thinks that any stranger, forget the cal- forget the caliber of their notoriety, forget that. Right. What stranger would take a homemade thing from another stranger? Like, even, uh, fucking King Henry VIII had people test his food. <laughs> like, I wish I had a taste tester. I mean, no one's trying to shove cookies or poutine down my throat on the street. But however, <laughs> like, and this was the height of Tumblr time, as we've mentioned before. So, like, right. goddamn. So also, I'm standing there going like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to catch the train. I'm out of here. <laughs> also, poutine, that's a strong ass choice. Not like cookies or candy. I made poutine for Tom Hiddleston. That's why her person from Detroit made poutine for Tom I, Hiddleston. I drove up here with poutine in a can for you, Mr. Hiddleston. Yes. <laughs> like, also, that's the thing that's getting me is they had it with them like all day. Oh my God. Like they're already, there's already cheese curds on it, but I'm sure they were like more curdled at this point in the movie. Yeah, and the hotel they were staying at wasn't like a hotel hotel. It was like a hostel type situation. So it's like, they couldn't even make it there. They tried Listen. even food poisoning. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. They hearing. tried to I'm kill hearing. Tom Middleton. They were like, he's been enough. You know what we can do about that? Man. Give him food poisoning. <laughs> so yeah, man, you, witnessed, you witnessed an assassination attempt. <laughs> is this like my grassy knoll moment? <laughs> it is. I bet you got better security right after that. He was like, there was a protein incident. I'm going to need a bodyguard. How rude is it to attend a, a showing of a film that an actor is in and then get the chance, because I'm sure there were plenty of people in that audience that would have loved to have taken that spot, and ask the question about a whole other franchise. It's Listen. so rude to everyone on that stage. I would have bitch slapped bitches. Listen, I have gone to three, including that one, I've gone to three Tom Hiddleston premieres where he's been in attendance. And I mean, that was the stupidest one, obviously, in terms of like audience, like people, did it hurt when you come Asgard? Um, Which, oh God, I don't cringe that easy, but I fucking cringed. I also went to his premiere of High Rise and I also went to, um, I saw The Light as well with Elizabeth Olsen. And they were a little bit more composed at the other two, but the crowd you could tell was the Loki crowd. And that was the same at this movie as well, which isn't a bad thing. I don't want to insult 
Loki crowd because I am the Loki crowd. There's a poster of Loki you can't really see, but on my wall. Like no, it's listen, not. Listen. I love Loki. He's same. One of my favorite like mythological figures, and also one of my favorite Marvel figures. But especially, and I'm coming at this from an actor's perspective, right? Like, no one is ever going to be upset that someone comes to a festival and compliments you on your performance in another film, right? Yeah. But it would Never. be so horrendously embarrassing for someone to interrupt the screening of another one of my movies and be like, when you played that camp counselor, I like the way you wore those cut-off shirts. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Also, also like, I got you gas station fries. Also, also, you know, person in your like late teens, early twenties, do you really think that this older actor that is also very attractive in this professional setting is gonna go like, yeah, baby, give me your number? Right, like, right. He's like, this is the best can of poutine I've seen drive down here all day. Mm, <laughs> baby girl, those cheese carrots, where you get them? Do <laughs> <laughs> <In> your fridge. <laughs> The way that man's heart is <laughs> through yeah, his stomach. Like a... I'm so sorry, Trent. Trent is full on gagging right now. And not in like the yes queen when gagging. Right. No, in like no. please kill me. I might throw up in a minute. I have an empty oh. cup here, so that's good. Um. So now that we're all traumatized, Bobna, we want to Sorry, I had to share that. Face. Just because I could probably write slash have my another whole podcast on my uh tiff cringe stories <laughs> i would love that podcast <laughs> interview me for your staff writer gig yes <laughs> i'll give you all stories <laughs> I mean, like, we've got Benedict Cumberbatch. we've got chris evans we've got oh, jessica yeah. Destin. we've got oscar Isaac. <laughs> i'm gonna run to the i'm gonna run to the next pitch meeting to be like there was a hit on Tom Hiddleston and it's about poutine. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> Listen, girls, if you're listening, just don't do that again. <laughs> Learn your lesson. I'm hoping this is that was like t- eight years ago that they've grown. Yeah. But probably not. Just focus yeah. in on your homemade rockabilly gear. That's cool. That's profitable. That's not cringe. Stay with that. You looked great. Just don't do that again. They could have given him a t-shirt. They could have given him anything but that. And that's what they chose. They chose violence. They could have just been like, I love you. And then walked away. Because, I mean, what was he going to do? Okay, that's weird. But at least it's not a... Yeah, I don't want to say it. This episode is going to have poutine in the title. I don't know how yet, (laughs) but it's going to be there. Uh, Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think on it, too. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. We did not. We did not give Tom Hiddleston. We did not. We didn't try to kill him. We didn't start the no. fire. No, we we love him too much to give him a can of poutine. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> what is hot your take. hot take? Right. So as I kind of touched upon, <laughs> this movie kind of felt like a drug trip, but without actually being on drugs. But I felt like it could have been better. Had I been on drugs. Yes. I feel like the length would have been cut. I feel like I would have been way more into like the super sensual aesthetic, like blood drinking scenes where they're all just kind of like falling back into their mattresses and all that stuff. And uh, I might've been a little more scared at the acid drop, but that would have been worth it for the rest of the film, you know? 
But yeah, I feel like it would have been better if I was actually on drugs, but it did a really good job of simulating being on drugs. <laughs> That's my hot take. Also, no poutine. None. Never. Never again. None. Not happening. Hashtag it. Oh. Hashtag it. No poutine. My, this is so hard for me to whittle down because I feel like I appreciated this movie so much more the fourth or fifth time around that I watched it because, because when it first came out again, I a hundred percent was like, Oh, two of my favorite people as vampires. Yes. I think I was like 18 or 19 when this came out, you know, like I young and whatever. And was like super into it. I think there are layers to this movie that you can enjoy, but that it's also just a good time if you just want to watch vampires have complicated morals. I'm going to say that, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to say it. Um, this is like indie alt Twilight. Um, mm. oh. Oh. <laughs> Them's fighting words, Jamie. <laughs> You just I opened up a can of poutine. <laughs> you did. You just opened a whole ass can of poutine. First I will all, say it's better than Twilight. Correct. It is. Yes, super correct. But we have the older vampire that's like centuries old and over life. And then we have the more sunny, not necessarily sunny, but the more, I don't know, hopeful partner-ish. But that does not mean that I didn't love this movie. It was just a, I, I think when this was made vampires were kind of at their they were coming to like the crescendo culturally like we had the resurgence of vampires with things like twilight and true blood and this was kind of at the end of that crest and we still have you know after true blood we had like legacies and that's still on the air and that kind of stuff but this was at that big crescendo and i think it was just made at the perfect time but yeah it just feels kind of like art school <laughs> art school twilight a little bit which i'm all about i don't think twilight is necessarily bad i unironically enjoy that first movie but yeah that's my my hottest of hot takes you guys that is a hot take like, <laughs> a hipster, like hipster twilight which yes. also would have been at its crescendo at that time yeah hipster movement yes it's it's the between twilight and 50 shades of gray and we could have stopped here but we didn't because this is america <laughs> Um, my new hot take, because we got into mine during the episode, um, which happens a lot, but my new hot take is I feel like Adam is maybe the most relatable Tom Hiddleston character I've ever seen, who has not been over life a few times. If you haven't, this pandemic has probably shown you the way of you're sitting in your bathrobe for nine, ten years. And your <laughs> unnecessary Amazon packages in the form of those guitars. Yes, yes. Yeah. You don't need to buy that shit. You don't, but you do. I like. Why do I need more things to lay around in? Who are yeah. these? Who are these new house shoes for? Why do I need four Bucky Barnes Funko Pops? No one knows, but they're you there. Those. I'm happy you have those. Thank you. The fifth one's on its way. Same they're with Sam Cap. Perfect. Perfect. You wear they one make every the day. Sarah Turner almost. machine go burp. <laughs> I just need. I just need two more after that, and I've got a Bucky for every day. What more do you need? A buck a day. <laughs> Bucky for every day just sent me. I left my body. I don't know if I'll ever be right again. Uh, All right. I mean, it's an essential. It's an essential thing. Sorry. It, it, yes. I agree. Right. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, 
So my hot take is I felt like for me, the plot took the backseat to the aesthetic, the theme, and the art, like the artistic vision of this of this movie. And that's my that's kind of my biggest reason why I probably didn't really care for this film. And also the theme seemed a bit heavy-handed at times, which a lot of films at this time, especially with that kind of indie vibe, they were kind of like, this is our theme. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> I'm sure, and, and this movie definitely has an audience. It's just not for me. I'm the yeah, audience, a... Trent. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I still I'm love this thing. <laughs> I mean, once I've popped an edible, it's great. <laughs> I felt like that's what was missing after about an hour in. I was like, I'm too sober for this. This is my fault. I failed Tom Hiddleston. He didn't fail me. You can ask Never. Jamie. I watched it not sober this last week watching. It was... <laughs> well, I told her Perfect. to save that for this because she asked me if she should before Malignant. And I was like, absolutely no. not. No. No. <laughs> Thank you. I stuck with wine. Yes. yes. I don't want to ever see Malignant High, ever. <laughs> ever. You know, no, I would on a dare. <laughs> no. I, I know. <laughs> you know what? I would if it was raising money for charity. There you go. I'm going to need to know the charity that's involved and what the percentages they get before I co-sign. The Save Tom Middleston from the Poutine attack charity. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> well, damn it. I guess I'm popping an edible. <laughs> I'm sorry to his PR that has him on Google alerts or whatever. They're going to be like, They're going to be like, this Poutine is haunting no, him. He didn't what will happen? <laughs> Tom will come up and say, no, listen, this story is real and this is traumatic. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he remembers that Q&A because there's no way he doesn't remember the time that somebody in this very respectable film festival went, did it hurt when you fell from Asgard? No. Okay, that's enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're like, shut it down. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Jamie and Bogda, again for joining us on this exciting little ride we just took Whew, um <laughs> thank you everyone for listening next week we're covering cry wolf with slash her and that's going to continue this theme which we actually planned out to have a bunch of podcasters join us so i cannot sing in rhythm with a little help from our friends um <laughs> yay y'all Imagine yeah. us making plans for me. Woo! What is this? <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> Again, thank you, Jamie and Bob. No, we love you all. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.